Hi, welcome to another episode of Ask Lattice. Today we've got a really specific topic in mind and it's on the request of someone that contacted us via our uh, website and it's looking at the older climber. So uh, in particular, what we've been looking at is in the email I got was actual older climbers, not people in their 30s or 40s, but people 50s, 60s, 70s, and whether we have experience training that demographic of climbers. This is a good subject area because I think there's lots of uh, misunderstandings around it. I think there's some uh, kind of uh, folk folklore around how you would train older climbers and there's also a lot of kind of internal chat that we have amongst us at Lattice as coaches and how we work with our clients that are a little bit older. So this can be really good to go through this. Um, whilst we don't work the majority of our clients with elder climbers, so we're going to class um, our older climbers as being post 50 years old, so in their 50s, 60s, potentially 70s, uh, we do still have a lot of climbers in that uh, age group. So percentage-wise, much smaller, but absolutes, we do have quite a few. Uh, what's our oldest? Our oldest is yeah. uh, 74, I believe, at the moment. Oh, really? 74-year-old chap, yeah. Uh, based in America, still mega psyched and still getting the training done. Um, it was a really interesting email that came in, actually, because I think we were, they were very specific about the type of age group that we would talk about because there's a lot of research there in terms of how uh, muscles and tendons and adaptations change over age. But a lot of the actual studies take place on, first of all, non-climbers in other sports, and secondly, on the younger age groups. So it's comparing almost junior climbers to adults, rather than looking at what happens in your 60s and 70s, for example. And like we say, we get a lot of requests about people still wanting to improve at that level. And one of the questions we actually got specifically on this is, can older climbers still make gains towards their goals in their 60s and 70s? Well, simple and quick answer initially, isn't it, is yes, they very definitely can. It's entirely possible to make gains in both strength and fitness as you get older and you're still practicing your climbing. Where there has to be a little bit more of understanding is that the gains that you may see in those areas and those adaptations, they may well be quite a bit slower than you might have experienced in your 20s and 30s. So it's understanding how your body is going to adapt and the kind of training that you put into it to cause those adaptations. And I think as we change and we get older, there's obviously a lot of um, alterations that occur in the body in terms of um, hormone levels, um, how we respond to the training stimulus itself in terms of the recovery we need. And it's about having an understanding of what we're capable of right now, our training history, and adapting our training to specifically suit our goals and our age group so that we can actually get those improvements. So a good example there is looking at your training history and of course someone who is training at the most elite standard possible. So say we look at someone who is a competition climber at the Olympic standard and they're at that level throughout their 20s and 30s. For them to make gains beyond this as they age is still going to be extremely hard because they had such a high baseline to begin with but what we get asked a lot is someone who's not been pushing it for that many years uh, in previous decades and is still trying to make those gains which is certainly a lot easier than someone who's been performing at high standard early on so 
that training history makes a big impact as well because of where you're referencing your previous performances from. Um, one thing that we both do uh, as well is changing up the type of training that's being used. So rather than looking at trying to do more concurrent training, which we might do with a lot of our uh, younger athletes, is we tend to look at a lot more block work because you're trying to make a finite amount of training time because you need more recovery, be more specific to the type of gains that you want to be making. So we look at a lot more specific training just in one area across their entire training schedule. So for me, that ends up being a lot of hypertrophy and strength training because that's the things that drop off the most and most quickly as you begin to age. Yeah, it's, it's trying to get the focus into the training and not trying to do everything. And I think a lot of older climbers find that they, especially if you're um, post-retirement and you have a bit more time in your hands, is you're still just as psyched and motivated as you ever were, but you have a lot more spare time to be able to do things. And so it becomes appealing. And we see this a lot with clients in this age group is it becomes really appealing to, to do everything and want to do everything every single day of the week. But if you really truly want to make those changes and make those adaptations, you've got to really drop down the volume that you're doing and focus in certain areas. And I think this it's really hard for a lot of people because they want to do something every day of the week. And you kind of can by shifting which part of the body you work on and diverting some of that workload to areas where the strain and the stress might not be as high. But if you want to, for example, make specific improvements in finger strength, for example, you've got to really cut the volume down, be a lot more focused and allow plenty, like a lot of recovery time. The one thing that we would do across the board, however, is looking at just full body strength, just to make sure that you're staying healthy and you're able to focus on these training areas more specifically and yet healthy enough to do that. If you start neglecting the rest of your body and be too focused just on that one area mm. and you don't look at maintaining muscle mass and maintaining strength in the other areas, that's when you start to get niggles and issues which will restrict the focus training, which is what you should be doing. Uh, based on that, the second question we actually had was, um, what issues and injuries do we often see with older, clients, uh, older climbers? Um, me and Tom had a quick ch chat about this before starting this um, this chat and actually we don't really see that many more injuries or issues occurring do we because most older climbers have gone through this already they're aware of injuries how to maintain themselves and the recovery that they need and they actually tend to play it quite safe anyway compared to their younger counterparts so generally would say not that much more than a normal climber would yeah i mean i totally agree and on the surface you would think that there would be a very different set of problems but we just don't really see it um they're very similar problems that we see in the rest of the climbing population and so in a way i think that's quite uh, nice to hear that there's not a particular really highly problematic area um within our 50s and 60s and 70s in climbing or at least what we see in that training front um it's just trying to understand that maybe to stay in that state and not cause yourself excessive problems in one area is make sure that recovery is really high. And like Tom said, if you are post-retirement and you have a lot of time available to put towards this, that is just the same sort of cautions that you need if you are a student who's just finished their studies and then they're having a year off to try and improve at climbing. We wouldn't take them from one, two, three days a week to five days a week of training just because they've got that time available and they're younger. 
it's the absolutely same parameters that you need to build into it and make sure that you're actually getting enough recovery time to adjust to all of those training stimulus that we're giving you. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I can think of every single time I start working with a new climber who is in that age bracket, <clears throat> nine times out of 10, one of the first kind of conversations that we'll have in that uh, client coach uh, relationship is around the use of time. Um, and it's always like a little bit of an uncomfortable area because I want to cut down the amount of time the person can do that training and really focus uh, on the useful areas and increase the recovery. And often the client wants to do more and more and more because they have more time, freedom, flexibility and are really motivated. So it's a very, very frequent, common issue, but you can work with it. Yeah, and that kind of moves on to the next question of quantity versus quality of training. Um, And I've had similar sort of occurrences where I've worked with climbers that have been climbing for 30, 40 years and they're used to doing a really high work capacity. So they might go to the wall and having a route climbing session. And unlike um, people that have been climbing for very long who might just do six, seven routes in a session, they want to do more and more and more. They have a really long warm up. Then they have such a long session and then they have a couple of cool down climbs as well. And the volume ends up being really, really big as well because they might have that time availability. And the question I always have in mind is what gains are we trying to make? And they're usually trying to maintain or increase strength. And what does that do to counteract it? So for me, I'm always on the side of quality over quantity during the training phase. And then when you're deciding to go outside, go on holiday or when you're relaxing about training, that's when you can revert back to this uh, quantity and just doing as much as you want and you're able to do. But if we're trying to make gains, it's all about the quality of session and maybe drawing it back and doing a little bit less volume overall. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, when we talk about that quality over quantity is I think if you're going to work with a coach and you work with an experienced professional, you shouldn't, both you and the coach shouldn't be afraid of really picking up that intensity and you know for example in weightlifting is actually picking up relatively heavy weights and obviously there's a lot of guidance around this and you want to work with someone one-to-one and do this properly and get the form correct but you shouldn't be worried about it I mean a classic example is with my mum she's in her mid-60s and she's th- just this year started to do a load of strength and conditioning and it's specifically weightlifting and I've never seen such good improvements and I would have never thought that that would be such a good response in that age category. And you would say, this is quite intense work, really quite heavy lifting, but the response is awesome. And I, I love seeing that. And I, I wouldn't have expected that um, if I just went off my sort of gut feeling of what you could do. Yeah, and she's been doing Olympic lifting, hasn't she? Yeah. So it's not even just basic, simple S&C work. There's a lot of technique involved. And she's gone through the same process of working with someone that showed her how to do it and then increasing that weight. And it's gone up pretty dramatically quickly Mm. um and i think that's something that gets missed a lot of the time is saying oh i want to improve my strength as an older climber what do you think i should do and they might look at doing fingerboarding for example or doing weighted pull-ups and the side is always to go with a slightly lower weight and do more of it because it seems safer when actually you're better off doing it the other way around build up the weight slowly and keep the volume a bit lower so that you get a lot more strength and a lot more security on the weights that you're doing and now make all of the climbing movements you do following that much easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the last question we've got is, um, I'm an over 50s climber. 
can I can I do a fingerboard session more than once a week? Um, once again, the answer is just the same as every other person really, is what is your training history, what is your goals, and what is your time availability? If you have the time to do it, and you're also able to maintain your climbing functions, that's a good thing. If you've got a good training history of fingerboarding, and you're able to actually hang safely, then that's also a good thing. Um, and it means what we're working towards, improving finger strength, then the answer is yes. There's no reason why you can't be doing that because the same parameters work in terms of overloading slowly. It's we're focusing on the area that you need to improve on. And as long as you're getting the recovering and you've got no niggles, the same as any younger climber, there's no reason you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be logical that that would be the answer with the right individuals because if you think about a high intensity fingerboard session, then it's a more controllable and uh, equal intensity to a bouldering session. And for the appropriate individual, it should never be, uh, you could never exclude bouldering two, potentially three times a week. So if you're controlling for that and you're making sure that it matches up with the history of that climber, then of course it should be okay. Um, and no, it can't apply to every single person in the population, but if the training history is there to support it and the person is injury free, good athletic health, then it's entirely appropriate. The, the one thing that I would say with fingerboard training um, for this population is the only side that I've seen which is something to be careful of is if you've been climbing for a lot of years and you've been very, very used to one grip type and what I often see is more of an open grip type so with the fingers more extended, what we tend to see a lot of is you see a lot of improvements with half crimp positions or more positive grip position but your joints and fingers will be very, very adapted to that one grip position you've done for a long period of time. So if you are going to mix up the grip positions or the hold sizes, it's really important that you drop the weight or the load down massively, below body weight a lot of the time, and build up that new grip position because that is an area where joints and tendons will take a little bit longer to adapt to because it's different from what you're used to, which has been a long training history of being used to it, not because it's too high a load. Yeah, in fact, that was a question that I was asked just last week was um, had a client who was um, doing two arm hangs in their preferred grip position with 20 or 30 kilos of added weight and felt very comfortable with this. But then they were going into a non-preferred grip position and they couldn't get even close to holding this grip position at that same kind of weight. And they were asking how on earth did they build up to it? And what didn't seem so logical to them was that they would adjust the weight right back and come all the way down to body weight, potentially some weight off body weight, so be underneath full body weight, to be able to become accustomed to that new grip type, that non-preferred grip type. So don't think that you've just got to battle away just because you're using a certain level of weight on your preferred grip. When you move away from that preferred grip and you do something else, then be prepared to really back off, learn that grip, start to adapt to it, and don't rush it. So just as a little summary then, uh, the things we tend to work on with older climbers is working hypertrophy on full muscle groups, making sure you're maintaining that muscle mass as much as possible. We tend to do a little bit more block training, so focusing more on the type of uh, targets and the gains we want to make. So we're going to be a lot more time just on that one type of stimulus. So it could be strength, it could be power endurance or even endurance. And lastly, in terms of injuries and training around fingerboarding and so on, there's very little more to talk about specific to older climbers. It's just the same as everyone else. It's just being 
a little bit more aware of what you're trying to achieve. So I hope you've enjoyed that today. Um, and as ever, if you like the video, please give it a like. If you want to see more, then subscribe and we will catch up with you again very soon.